I want this to be a prophetic house. And I talked last week about embracing the prophetic, and I've gotten testimonies this week about people who stepped out in, in faith and in the Spirit and encouraged this past week just to share the love of God with someone. And it changed not only the person's life they shared the love of God with, but it changed the people who are a part of our church to see God working through our lives to bring someone else into a revelation of the goodness of God is truly remarkable and to God be the glory for it. How many want the Spirit of God to be able to work through your heart in bringing someone closer to the heart of God? How many know that that would please the Lord? Amen. I want you to go in your Bible with me please to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to look at one verse of Scripture. It is the third verse, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, you look 12 pounds lighter today than you did last Sunday. Come on and give God praise for that. It's a blessing when those people compliment you in such a way. You should be thankful for it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. When you got it, say amen. For context, let's just read verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies, watch this, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who prophesies does three things, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Now, today we're going to talk about, last week we talked about embracing the prophetic. Today we're going to talk about the power of prophecy, the power of prophesying, the power of being a prophetic people. And I want you to understand that there is a power released when we speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into other people's lives. It does something. Being a prophetic church means that you're willing to speak as the Spirit gives you revelation. When you and I are willing to speak as the Spirit gives revelation, it does something in the lives of those who hear it. And I want to talk about the power that is released through prophecy today. Would you pray for me and I'll pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. It does not come back void, but accomplishes that which you send it to do. I pray in Jesus' name that your spirit today would just move throughout this congregation. I have asked you, God, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest on these people. These are your people, the sheep of your pasture. You have good things in store for them. It's your desire to move in and through their lives. Would you bless them today, Lord God? Draw us closer. Speak to us more clearly. And let us be more courageous in stepping out to honor you and follow you in all that you've called us to. I thank you now that religious mindsets are broken off. I thank you that religious limits and lids are being ripped off of our life so that we can be everything you've called us to be and do everything you've called us to do. Speak to us in Jesus' name. We want to hear you more clearly. And everyone said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So we talked last week about what the prophetic is, what prophecy is. I hope we dealt in some way with the whole issue of prophecy enough so, so that you understand you do not have to be a prophet to prophesy. Not everyone who prophesies is a prophet, but every believer can prophesy. Remember what Moses said in the book of Numbers chapter 11, there were, there were elders who were prophesying and Somebody brought back word to Moses and said that there are two men outside the camp, Eldad and Medad, and they're prophesying, and they're not the elders. And we should, Joshua said, shut them down. Don't let them prophesy. And Moses said, don't forbid them to prophesy. I would that all God's people would prophesy. Something powerful about being a prophetic company, being a prophetic people. And prophecy is the revealing. We talked about this last week. I'm just going to rehearse it very quickly and remind you, reinforce this. Prophecy is the revealing of the counsel and the will of God made known by the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is heard in our hearts. It can be seen in our spirit. It can be spoken over our lips. And as we speak the word of the Lord, power is released to bring that prophetic word to pass. 
When you and I speak prophetically to other people or someone else, and we have heard from the Holy Spirit, and we have this communion with the Holy Spirit, and God speaks to our hearts, and we speak it to someone else. When we speak the word of the Lord, power is released to bring that word to pass. Carrying the prophetic word of the Lord is not just an exercise in semantic futility. It's not just saying something that feels good or even sounds good. Speaking the word of the Lord is hearing first. Prophetic people don't speak first, they hear first. You can't be prophetic if you can't hear the word of the Lord. Sometimes we want to speak, but we haven't heard. And how many know that speaking it means hearing first, and hearing requires intimacy? Come on, somebody. Prophetic people are not just spiritual on Sunday. Prophetic people are spiritual because they recognize they're not just human beings having a spiritual experience. They're actually spirit beings having a human experience. I'm spirit before I'm human. I'm, I'm spirit before I'm, I'm flesh. Come on, I was a spirit before I was a body. Oh, y'all are losing me here. I'm losing you. The Bible said, Jeremiah said, God told Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. How did he know him before he formed him in a body? Because God had already been acquainted with Jeremiah. And I want to tell you, before you were a body, you were a spirit, which is why some people are so miserable. It's because they live more in touch with this skin than they do with this spirit. But you're not just a you're not just a spirit being having, you're not just a human being having a spiritual experience. You're actually a spirit being first in a human body. You are known for your spirit more than you. That's why Paul said, know no man after the flesh, know them after the spirit, because the human flesh can deceive you, but the spirit is where you know God. And we need to be spirit people, not just human people. When we wake up in the morning, we need to give our mind, body, soul, spirit, dedicate it all, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit of God. And as you live your life for God and intimacy with him becomes a priority, you will hear him more frequently. And when you hear him more frequently and you get, and you get it more clearly, you're able to speak with more authority the prophetic word of the Lord. Speaking prophetically is not just about speaking something you think would bless that person. It's about hearing God first because the last thing I want to do is speak something from my own flesh. So I want us to understand that speaking the prophetic word of the Lord begins first with hearing the prophetic word of the Lord, and hearing it begins with intimacy with God. Now, carrying the prophetic word of the Lord is not just an exercise in semantic futility. It is when we speak the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit releases power to, to, to accomplish the word being spoken. Remember what Peter, told, what Peter told Jesus, the words you speak, Lord, they are spirit and they are life. When God speaks to you and me, it brings spirit and life into the conversation. Now, prophecy is powerful. Without prophesying, Jacob and Esau would have never been blessed. Jacob's 12 sons would have never been blessed. Without prophecy, David would have stayed a shepherd and never become a king. Without prophecy, Ezekiel's valley would still be full of bones. Without prophecy, Elizabeth and Zechariah would have never known John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Messiah. Without prophecy, Mary would have never known that her baby was the Savior of the world and the consolation of Israel. Without prophecy, the woman at the well would never have left her water pot and old way of living for a new way of life. Without prophecy, Paul and Barnabas would have never left Antioch and, on, and been sent on a missionary journey that led many Gentiles into the kingdom of God. Prophecy has power. When we speak prophetically and we hear from God and release the prophetic word, it's not just that we said it, it's that when we say it, God releases power to accomplish the word that he has spoken over our lips into the lives of others. It's power in prophecy. It's why in 1 Corinthians 14, in this second and third chapter, Paul says that we, in the context of working through working in the local church, prophecy is more preferable than speaking in tongues. Now, I said this last week, and you have to be careful how you say this because you'll tick a whole lot of people off. 
We have emphasized tongues so much in the Pentecostal church. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's just what the Bible teaches. Tongues is for your personal benefit. What does it say when all we do is talk about speaking in tongues? It says we're selfish. I'm not getting any help right here. God doesn't want, listen, I, Paul says I pray in tongues more than everybody. So he wasn't talking about not speaking in tongues. He was saying your mouth isn't just used to bless you. Your mouth is to be an instrument to bless other people. And you cannot bless other people by speaking in tongues over them. Why? Because when you speak in tongues over someone, they have no clue what you're saying. Are you saying we shouldn't speak in tongues? No, speak in tongues as much as you can. But know that that is for you. Prophecy is not speaking in tongues. Prophecy is speaking in an intelligible language. In order for you to bless someone, you've got to first be able to speak so that they can hear and receive what you were saying. So I'm I'm so excited we're Pentecostal and Spirit-filled and we all speak in tongues. But I think God wants us to go to another level in the use of our words and our language. And he wants us to recognize that the mouth that he gave us and the ear to hear what the Spirit is saying is not just about in us being blessed. It is about in us being a blessing. And in order for us to be a blessing, we must then be able to speak in a language that those who are receiving what we're saying can understand. So I say it like this, and that's why Paul would say it like this. When you come to church, pray in the Spirit for yourself. But prophecy, he says this, prophecy is greater than tongues when it comes to ministering to people. Greater in the sense that it yields a greater benefit in their life. It's not that the one who speaks in tongues is more important, that the one who prophesies is more important than the one who speaks in tongues. It's that the one who prophesies is greater in influencing others when they prophesy rather than speak. Am I making sense? Okay, so you, you, you have to pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues to build yourself up. But if all you're doing is speaking in tongues and building yourself up, that's just half the journey. The other part of the journey is recognizing that you have been called to speak into the lives of other people. Okay, and so in order to do that, it takes prophesying, all right? So um, there are three words here that, and I'm going to talk about the power of prophecy. Here's what happens when When we prophesy, when we prophesy, three things happen, at least three things, actually four things, and I'm going to talk about the four things in another verse, and I'll give you that too. But three things happen when you hear the prophetic word and speak it over someone's life. Now, listen, I know in the last two weeks, couple of weeks, we're teaching some and we're slowing down, but just because a person is teaching doesn't mean it's any less important or it's spiritual. Okay, and this is not an invitation for us to, you know, disconnect and, oh, he'll get back to preaching in a few weeks. I'm telling you right now, I'd rather this house be prophetic than just know how to shout. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it. There are some precious people in the kingdom of God who have been saved and filled with the Spirit for four decades and never led anybody to Jesus. That is not the will of God for your life. You and I are called to be salt that can be tasted and light that can be seen. And if the only place you get a blessing or you are a blessing is on Sunday morning, you have lived your entire life misunderstanding the purpose of the born-again experience. It is to empower you to advance the kingdom out there, not just to celebrate a God who moves in here. Say amen, family. When we prophesy, three things happen, Paul tells us. Exhortation, say, pardon me, say edification, exhortation, comfort. Say edification. Come on, talk with me. Say edification, exhortation, and comfort. When you prophesy to somebody, three things happen. It's very powerful. This is the powerful, this is the powerful part of being a prophetic company. When you prophesy, you edify. Go to that next slide for me if you would. Everybody say edification. This is the Greek word Oikidome, it means to build or build up. It is the idea of building according to a design or a blueprint. When you and I are a prophetic people, the Spirit of God will speak to us 
according to the blueprint that he has for someone's life, and we speak those words in a way that build that person's life up in keeping with the blueprint God has designed for that person's life. Now, the staff of our church will tell you that every now and then we play a game, and the game is called Prototype. And we take these Jenga pieces, and I will, they're all laughing right now, and I will build something in a room, and I will hide what I'm building, and then I will tell them to go find it, and they have to go find the blueprint, the prototype, and they have to build what I built in one room in their, in their room, and they cannot use words, or they cannot use pictures, or sometimes I'll say you have to do it blindfolded. And they have to run around looking for the pieces, and they have to build in one room what I prototype built in another room. What are we trying to work on? We're trying to work on communication. So if I built this, I would say you got to go find this, and it's divided into two teams, and then Tobin and, and Will Mari, they come in and they find it, and they start talking, and they start, and maybe sometimes I let them use words, and sometimes they start building, and it looks at first like nothing I've done. So they have to keep perfecting it and speaking into it so that it starts looking I don't even know what I'm making. So that it starts looking like the prototype and the blueprint that I initially made. And this is how prophecy works. In heaven, your life is a particular blueprint. In heaven, God designed you a particular way. In heaven, God built you in a way that is a place and a person, rather, of victory. It's a person of great strength. It's a person that he can trust to go into the darkness and to share the light. It's a person that doesn't get blown over by the winds and the waves of life. It's a person that has a prayer life. It's a person that knows the voice of God. And the problem is, in heaven, God designed you one way, but on earth, so many pressures and so many voices and so many demands have a way of just trying to keep you tore down and nothing but a bunch of pieces. Prophecy is powerful because prophecy is God who built you in heaven speaking in his grace through the Holy Spirit to someone about you and when the devil tried to tell you you would never get up and you would never become anything and you would never be used by God, prophecy comes along and says you're the head and you're not the tail. You're going to be used by God. God's about to open this door have you ever heard a prophecy and somebody say something like, I see you doing this. I see you in this open door. I see you walking through this opportunity. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit revealing to you what heaven already knows about you. Some of you don't know this. Heaven sees you as a finished product. And every time you get a prophetic word, what's happening? God is building you up according to your divine design. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if they look like they didn't get happy, get your weave in your purse and go sit beside some other new neighbor and tell that new neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, you have a divine design. Edification is the building up. I see Connor Brown here. Connor's a, he owns a construction company, and he's always, he's always building something, and they're always building buildings. And you've got to have blueprints first. You can't just go out on a blank field and start building because the city of Chattanooga will shut you down. Why? Because you got to get a permit to build. Oh, Jesus, help me. If you want to build it and be blessed in building it, you got to get a permit, and everybody's got to sign off on it.
about it. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is the permit to allow something to happen on earth that has already been approved in heaven. And when you speak prophetically over someone's life, they become what they didn't even know they already were because, oh, y'all missing this. Prophecy builds people into the very blueprint God has for them. I'm standing in this room today because of prophecy. I didn't even know. I used to drive by this building every day of my life as a young boy, never in a million years thinking we'd be leading a church and you'd be a part of this family. Why are we here? Because God spoke prophetically. Do you know, can I freak you out? Do you know that God knew we would be here in 1987 when I was driving down Bailey Avenue with my grandmother and grandfather on my way to inner city Chattanooga? Every day of my life in the summer, driving down Bailey Avenue and passing this big old white building, God knew then I'd be here now. What does heaven know about your future that you don't know right now. I'm going to tell you this. Part of what you're going to do may be a mystery. Part of it God will download to you personally. But part of it will come to you prophetically. You will discern and begin to know what heaven is saying about your life as you prophetically receive the word of the Lord. The spirit who knows the future will speak to his sons and daughters who will speak over your life and as the word of the Lord comes forth, it begins to build you up, edify you, and you become what heaven has already declared you to be. This is why prophecy is so powerful. Now, for those of you, anyone in here had a negative experience with prophecy before? Lift your hands. Don't, don't be ashamed. I think it's probably more than half the church. Some of you have never even been prophesied over. And I really think that needs to change too. Because I believe every person in this room needs to understand the power of God speaking prophetically over your life. There are some people in this room, and I'm, I've, I've certainly had my fair share of, of negative prophetic experiences. You don't want to miss next Sunday. Because if you've ever had a negative prophetic experience next Sunday, I'm going to talk about how to process a prophetic word. Because you're not just supposed to take it hook, line, and sinker. You're supposed to judge prophetic words. And a lot of people get themselves in a mess because they just hear something prophetic come out of some prophetic person's mouth and they think, that had to be God. If it's God, it'll pass the test. And next week I'm going to give you the test, okay? But I'm not going to give it to you today. I'm going to give it to you next week, all right? So, so you want to be here for that and you want to hear that. But the first thing that happens when we prophesy over someone is we're edified. Watch this. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort, comfort, that, that, is, that is the same Greek word, oikidome, it means to build up the feeble-minded. Everyone say the feeble-minded. How many know that, and when it says feeble-minded, it literally means a person who is un, a, a person uh, who is without ease in their mind. It's a person that doesn't have the strength to get their mind under control. Paul says, I want you to speak over people in a way that builds up those who are weak in their mind. Prophetic words often alleviate the pressure and the heaviness that comes through walking in this world that we live in. When you speak prophetically, they get built back up according to the blueprint God intended for them to be. So speaking prophetically can build people up, number one. Number two, speaking prophetically. Come on, computer. Speaking prophetically. Not only does it build up number two. We're going to number two. It's it exhortation. Everyone say exhortation. This is the Greek word periklesis. It's where we get the idea of parakaleo or the comforter. This is the idea of treasure hunting. We call it treasure hunting. It's when you call forth or call out of someone a deposit that has been made in them. When you speak prophetically, have you ever 
spoken, have you ever received a prophetic word? Anybody in here know what I'm talking about when I say someone has spoken prophetically over your life and it helped you discover something you didn't even know you had? Why? Because the Spirit of God put something down inside every one of us. He deposited something within us. Paraclesis, speaking prophetic, when we speak prophetically, paraclesis occurs. We often call out the deposit God made within. When we speak prophetically, this is why I say to you, don't call out the fool in your children. Call out the king in your children. Because there's a king in there somewhere, but we often easily, more easily identify with their failure rather than the future Christ intends for them to walk in. Speaking prophetically is not walking up to someone with a past or a history of, of failure and saying you're no good, you're good for nothing, you'll be just like your mama, you'll be just like your daddy. That is not speaking prophetically. That is speaking pathetically. Speaking prophetically is, I know you failed, but that's not the end of your story. I know you made a mess, but that's not how it's going to end. I know you wrecked and had a crash, and it looks like you lost everything, but God is not through with you yet. When you speak prophetically, you call out of the person the deposit God has made within them. This is why speaking, being a prophetic company is so powerful, because you have no clue what is down inside the people sitting on your row? Amen. You have no clue what God's deposited in them. There is a rich spiritual deposit in every person in this room. But we often don't know it and we're not aware of it, number one, because our hearts are deceitful and we are more inclined to know ourselves according to our failure rather than we are our future. But a prophetic company is able to hear the voice of the Spirit and speak over people, speak over each other in a way that calls out the deposit God has put within. If you want to speak to the future of your children, speak prophetically over them. If you want them to become what God's called them to be, then come alongside them and prophetically speak so that you call out of them what God has spoken into them. Sometimes God wants to use them and we just don't even know what he has in store. They don't know what he has in store. And it takes a prophetic word to identify what God has put within. And then the last one is uh, uh, paraclesis. And then the last one is paramathea, comfort. When you speak prophetically, you literally help the person to move forward. Paramathea is the idea of sitting beside someone and speaking to soothe or alleviate heaviness off of them. When you speak to someone who doesn't have a future, that they have a future, all of a sudden joy begins to swell in them. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been the recipient of a prophetic word that got you out of a slump? I've been in a slump before. We've all been in a slump before. I don't care how many angels you've seen and how many tongues you talk in and how many spiritual gifts you have. Everybody in this church who's ever walked with God has gone through a spiritual slump before. What happens when you go through a spiritual slump? Well, I'll tell you what usually happens. What usually happens is the voice of the enemy gets louder, faith gets weaker, joy begins to drain, and strength begins to wane. And we find ourselves wishing we could break out of the funk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just get me out of this rut. I need to break out of this rut. And what is one thing that helps? A prophetic word from God that brings a soothing to an agitated soul and it alleviates the heaviness that we feel. When you speak prophetically over someone, it often brings a sense of hope and a sense of joy. It's like someone sitting down to you and reading your mail and telling you, the enemy's been telling you you won't make it, but God sent me to sit down beside you and tell you not only are you going to make it, but your best days are still yet to come. 
Have you ever seen somebody start breaking out in joy, tears start flowing, hands start clapping because a heart that was isolated that the devil had persuaded to believe that their life was over, they get one prophetic word from God and a spirit of comfort comes on them and the heaviness gets lifted. Why? Because the prophetic word of the Lord will bring a sense of comfort and joy back. This is why we need to be a prophetic company. Because God wants us to see that when we prophesy according to the Spirit and when we speak the word of the Lord, it releases a power in that word that brings these three things to pass. Now, I preached to you about this last Sunday. And then on Monday, I was at the Starbucks, that contraband coffee, when you got the Together Cafe and you drink at Starbucks, it's like the mark of the beast. You just, you're just not supposed to do that. But I was on the other side of town and I couldn't get back, so I was at the Starbucks coffee, and I, I probably get in trouble for all this, but that's all right. And uh, and I had a meeting, and after the meeting, I'm pulling out, and I got my Jeep, and I'm pulling out, and there's this guy in this big truck next to me. He's got his window down. He's got a big dip in, and the Lord said, "I want you to tell him." that I love him, and ask him, can I pray for him? Is there anything he needs you to pray for? And I said, Lord, look at this man. <laughs> I mean, this brother is not about to receive this kind of ministry. And I'm telling you what I did. I put the car in reverse, and I was about to pull out, and the Lord said, I told you. Tell this man I love him, and see if there's anything I can pray, you can pray about. So I roll my window down, and he's got these sunglasses on. You can't see his eyes. He looks like the Terminator. <laughs> he looks like the Terminator, and he's sitting there, and I roll my window down. I said, bro, this sounds crazy, I know. But I feel like God just spoke to me for you, and he wanted me to tell you he loved you, and, there's, and then I'm supposed to ask you if I can pray for anything. He goes, Yeah. You can pray for me. Uh, and I'm in my mind, I'm going, God, is this seriously what this is about? I mean, th th there's no angels, nothing here. I don't have any. So I just said, Father, you know this brother. You know his heart. You know what he needs. And I know that you love him, God, and you got a plan for his life. And I just pray right now that any doubt he has that you love him and you have a plan for his life would be broken off his life. And I just prayed for a few minutes, and then I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And so I opened my eyes, and I couldn't tell if his eyes were open or closed because he still had on the Terminator sunglasses. It was a very weird thing. He goes, I like that Jeep. <laughs> Me too, bro. I like my Jeep too, right? And the guy standing next to him says, and you know, he said, I like your Jeep too, and he says, I think that's pretty awesome. You prayed for him. And nothing, you, you, you want me to tell you they both got born again and kneeled down and fell out and all that? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. But I don't know what I released in that man when I prayed for God to let him know that no, I, we'll never know. There have been other times we obeyed God. People started crying, snot was flying, and people get saved and delivered. There have been other times you just share the word and you move on in life. The point is this, family. Speaking prophetically and having a sensitive ear to the Holy Spirit, you become a conduit through which the Spirit of God will often work to bring about building up, to bring about calling out, and to bring about helping someone move forward. People are often weak, they don't know who they are, and they get stuck. Prophecy helps people get unstuck. Now let me just pastor, and, and, and let me, I'm going to be done in just a moment, but let me just pastor you and tell you that Jesus Christ did not save us to warm pews. And as I was praying about this this week, boy, it, it burdened me. That, that even sometimes the only salvation I lead people to is from a pulpit. And I've got to make sure that even in my own 
relationship with Jesus. I'm not just spiritual on Sunday when I'm preaching. And we've got to make sure that we're not just Christians on Sunday when we're in church. Jesus wants us to be activated in the things of the Spirit every day we wake up. You never know who God trusted to send into your life to speak the word of the Lord, to intercept the plan of the enemy. What seemed like a normal little day can become a supernatural experience if you are led by the Spirit of God. Do you recognize that Jesus looked at the woman at the well, I told you this last Sunday, and he said, he asked her one question, and she said, well, the man I'm with now is not my husband, and I've had five others. And watch this. She goes back into her village, and she tells the men in her village, come meet a man who told me everything I ever done. I thought he just asked one question. And she said, come, tell him, come, come meet a man who told me everything I ever done. What's the point? The point is she knew he knew everything she had done. But he didn't judge her. She left her water pot and went back and won the entire city. How do I know that? Because when he comes back to Samaria the next time, they're ready for his arrival. Why? Because a woman who had a messed up, jacked up past had met him on the, on the, that, that, that day she met him at the well. And she stopped drinking from her water pot and began to drink from his. One prophetic word from Jesus called out the evangelist that was in her. Nobody knew she was an evangelist. Nobody knows you're an evangelist because you've got a past and you've been a drug addict and you've been an alcoholic and you've been a failure and you dropped out of high school and everybody's told you you'll never be and never become and you'll always be and you'll never get free. And today I'm speaking prophetically to somebody to tell you that what God said about you is greater than what they said about you. And what God has declared over you is greater than what you've even declared over yourself. Break out of the lie. Break out of the lie. And I, I pick on him because he's just so close to me, but Chris is a perfect example of what I'm talking about today. I'm not picking on him. I'm, I'm just telling you that when he came into my life 12 years ago, he didn't have on Chelsea boots and black skinny jeans. He smelled like a pack of Marlboros. He had a Jesus flame tattooed on his leg. Flames cut in the hair. It was amazing. He walked in and I thought, my God. And I said, come join the mentorship. People in this room today, you are a product of the word spoken over you. That's why you got to be careful who you let speak over you. You got to be careful. Now, last thing that I'm through, we're going to wrap this up. Go to the last slide. There's power in prophecy. Say there's power in prophecy. Prophecy is when I speak to you on behalf of God, revealing by the Spirit the will, the counsel, and the wisdom of God. Okay, so when the Spirit of God speaks to me, just for instance, Pastor Kim, the Spirit of God speaks to me and gives me a word for you, and I speak that word over your life. When I speak that word over your life, edification, exhortation, and comfort come. Okay, the fourth thing that happens, everybody say fourth thing. The fourth thing that happens is that you get another weapon in your arsenal. When God gives you a prophetic word and you don't write it down, it indicates it's not precious to you. Amen. You should know when God speaks to you, you should have enough honor for the word of God to write down what he said. Amen. Why? Because every time God speaks to you prophetically, it is about your future and it is a weapon in your hand to use in the battle. How do I know that? Look at this. This charge, that's not the right address. Pardon me. That's the wrong address. It's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. 
uh, last night I was up late and uh, I put the wrong address. It's not 1 Thessalonians 5.14. I already read that one to you. This scripture is actually 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, and that is my fault, and we're all over it now. Praise God. <laughs> Don't judge me. I won't judge you. Look at you. Who did that? Somebody hooked this brother up. Okay. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well. When you get a prophetic word from God, it's a weapon to fight in the battle well. How many times did the prophecy come? Once. What's the point? You should treasure the word of God so highly that all he has to say it is once. You say, well, out of the mouth of two or three, let a thing be confirmed. But the confirmation is the same word. It's not multiple different words. The same word, God will give you one word and confirm it multiple times. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God gives you a word, you should write it down and guard that word. Because that word becomes a weapon in your warfare. So put this into perspective. Timothy is a young pastor. Timothy, Bron, come help me, I'm through. Timothy is a young pastor, and he's somewhere, most people think around 24, 25. And Sam Brassfield, my spiritual father, believes Timothy's church had thousands and thousands of members. I personally believe that as well. Timothy is a young man. He's pastoring thousands of people because the church is exploding. And there are all kinds of people trying to infiltrate the church, trying to demean his leadership, trying to look down on his youth. And at some point in, in Timothy's ministry launch, he came before the elders, and the elders laid hands on him, and they spoke prophecies over his life. When they spoke prophetically over his life, those prophetic words became weapons. Why would Timothy need those words as weapons? Because, you ready for this? Spiritual work, spiritual journey is sometimes more like warfare than it is tiptoeing through the tulip patch. Where is my help, Jesus? It's more like a battleship than a cruise ship. Sometimes when you do great things for God, you go through hell on your way to great things. Sometimes when you're blessed and highly favored, that means you attract more enemies and you got more warfare. I can't find no help in the church today. Sometimes when God blesses you coming in and going out, you got one waiting on you when you come in and one waiting on you when you go out. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I'm not telling you that walking with Jesus is easy. I'm just telling you it's greater and better than living for the devil. The enemy wants to resist, he wants to stop, and he wants to hinder you in your journey. So when God speaks over your life, I pulled my old red Bible out. I have an old red Thompson Chain reference Bible. I got it in 1997 when I graduated high school. And a woman in my church gave it to me. And I went back through this past week, I found that old Bible. And in the back of that old Bible, I had prophecies. It just said prophecies. And, and I had forgotten some of them. This past week, I went back and started reading these prophetic words. And one of them said, I'll never forget this. I said, I'll never forget it, and I forgot it. <laughs> but anyway, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to, right? Okay. I, I, I started reading this, and here's what one of the prophetic words said. It said, given to me by Stan Gunther, who was my Sunday school teacher. I was 15 years old. 16 years old, and he gave, gave me this word. He said, Kevin, I saw you walking through the smallest little door, and you walk through that door, and you come into another room, and the door on the other side of the room was a little bit bigger. And then you came to the other side of the room, the door on the other side was a little, and you kept walking through door after door, and each door was a door of promotion. And the door got a little bigger and a little bigger. And he said, the prophetic word was, because you were faithful in the small doors, God said he would trust you with great doors. Yeah. Another prophetic word, guard the anointing. 
It is the most precious thing that God's ever given you. Another prophetic word that was spoken, he said, I'll never forget when these words came. I I don't know how I'd forgotten them, but I remember the moment they came when when Sister Patton said, you're going to be an Elisha, an Elijah. She said, you're going to pray for the rain, and the rain is going to come. And I started reading these prophecies, and they started building my faith. God speaks to you, write it down. When God says something to you and someone speaks over your life, if you just disregard it because you disregard all prophetic people as flaky and fruity, you are hindering your future. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you next week from the Word of God. It is a sin to despise prophecy. Well, I've been, I've just seen so much fake. You know what? That doesn't give you, me, anyone else the permission to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because there's some flakes and fruits in the kingdom doesn't doesn't mean everybody is. When God gives you a word, can you put it in a happy thing? Like a gospel, something I feel like breaking the devil's kingdom. I feel like breaking the lie of the enemy. I feel like stirring up the joy of the Lord. I feel like bringing somebody some comfort. Yes, right there. I feel like some joy is getting ready to break out kind of sounds. I feel like some goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. I don't want to fall asleep. I want to prophesy right now that somebody's getting ready to come out of a bunk. You're coming out of a rut. You're coming out of some bondage. The devil's been lying to some of you, telling you it's going to be heavy and dark and miserable, but I come to tell you the joy of the Lord is your strength, and I come to tell you we've been indoors for a night. Joy comes in the morning. In fact, I come to tell you good morning. Good morning. You've wept long enough. Good morning. You've been sorrowful long enough. Good morning. Watch this. Every time you get a prophetic word, every time you get a prophetic word, it's another weapon. Why? Because the enemy will come to you in your future and tell you God can't use you. The enemy will come in your future. Just stay standing. I'm through preaching. The enemy will come and say, God has no plans for your future. But a prophetic word reminds the devil God already said something about me and since he hadn't finished it yet, I believe I'm going to keep on going so that I can see what the end will be. Hallelujah! I don't know who needs this this morning, but somebody needs to stir up your mind and remember a prophetic word that God spoke over your life that hasn't come to pass yet. If it hasn't come to pass yet, I declare to you the devil can't kill you. The devil can't stop you. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you. The prophetic word over your life is like a sword. The enemy come in to try to tell you you're done. But the word of the Lord rises up and said, He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to finish what he started. There is power in the word of the Lord, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. If God ever said it, God will do it. He's not a man that he should lie. He's the Son of God. He said, I declare it and I will establish it. I will surely bring it to pass. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not come back to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I sent it to do. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord shall abide forever. There is power in the prophetic word of the Lord. Somebody give God praise. I want you to shake hands with three people and tell a neighbor, the word of God is sure. The word of God is established in heaven. The word of God is yes and amen. The promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. How many times did we almost slip and lose our way? 
had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Can anybody testify that the Lord's been on your side? Uh-huh. Some of us in this room, I want to declare this over this house. Not only are you coming into greater prophetic awareness of who you are in Christ and his will and purpose for your life, but I want to declare you're also coming into a place where you're going to be able to minister prophetically to other people. Some of you are going to start getting revelation for people and about people that you know and some that you don't know. And I want to tell you right now, you're not weird. You're on an assignment. Look at your neighbor. Tell them you're on an assignment. And it doesn't take, listen, don't get cards made up, you know, prophet, yay, yay. You're not a prophet necessarily. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. This isn't about title. It's about releasing people into their divine design and sometimes they have such a purpose and a destiny but they don't know it and we're called to come alongside and build up what God has designed them to be and to call out of them the deposit that he put within them and to comfort them to keep going in the journey don't stop because every word that God gave us is a weapon this word this word battle well It is the same Greek word in 2 Corinthians where the Bible says the weapons of our warfare. Warfare. Everybody say warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down. Are you getting this? The weapons of our warfare, when you get a word from the Lord, it's a weapon. And it's mighty through God. And the enemy comes in and starts telling you a lie. But the word of the Lord rises up and it dismantles the power of the lie. It breaks the dominion of deception. And it brings you into a revelation of God's will. Throw your hands up and say, I will not be. Say, I will not be a victim of the devil's lies. Say, my ears will hear the truth and the truth of God's word will set me free. Say in Jesus' name, the word is setting me free now. My future is getting set free now. Come on, say my family is getting setting free, getting set free now. Say my future. Everything God called me to is a yes and an amen. Say, I receive it in the name of the Lord. I will not be bound to the lie of the enemy. Say, prophetically, God is bringing it to pass. Everything he created me to be is yes and amen. Give him praise all over this room. When God speaks to you, if you don't believe it, no matter how much he intended it, it will not come to pass. Faith must be mixed with the word. How many want to, I, I feel like this is how I need to close today. How many need to pray to be reignited with faith to believe in some prophetic words that have been spoken over your life that because it hadn't happened yet, you just stopped believing that it could happen. But I came today, I feel like a Patriot missile. I came today to intercept a missile the devil been sending into your camp. And this word today is intercepting that lie and blowing it up. In fact, by the time you get to the chicken house that you're getting ready to go eat at, I'm, I'm believing that something's about to get in the car with you that breaks every yoke of bondage over your mind, every lie off of your spirit. Some of you have been heavy all week long. It's because you've been leaving the wrong sound and the wrong voice. But I came like Paul told Timothy. Get your mind stirred up and remember the prophecies. You're not here by accident. You're not in this city by your own decision. You are here today.
today because God sent you here. God assigned you here. God brought you here. Your future was attached to this thing. And God is about to release some of you. I feel the Holy Ghost breaking chains right now. Somebody in this room, you know God sent you here, but ever since, I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about where you are in life. Ever since you said yes to it, hell broke loose, and you have been second-guessing your decision to follow God to this place. I came to tell you that the season of testing is over, and the season of reward is coming, that God sent me to tell you, you pass. I don't know who this is for, but somebody in here has passed the test. Somebody in here has demonstrated that you are going to stick to the word even when hell and high water break loose and because you refuse to let go of the word there is about to be a harvest of increase and blessing is coming on your house increase and blessing is coming on your house I will not let pressure push me out of the will of God I will not let darkness push me out of the will of God hell broke loose but I came to testify God said it, and I still believe it. He will finish what is possible. Hallelujah. It's a weapon. When the, when the fire get turns up, gets turned up, the word is a weapon. When, the, when you get a word and you step out on it, and hell pushes back on you and you feel the pressure of darkness pushing on you and you wondered if God said it, why didn't it happen? I'm telling you right now, that word you got from God is a sure word. And because it is a sure word, I'm telling you, it may take a minute for it to happen. But my mind is taking me back to Psalm 108, I believe. Uh -huh. When the Bible said that the word God put on Joseph tested him until his word came to pass. You'll get a word sometimes that looks like a promise. And at some point, the word that was a promise will become a test. But if you'll just hold on to the word in the middle of the testing, at the end, that word you got that looked like a promise but became a test, that promise will come back around when you pass the test. And at the end of it, God told you, Joseph, you were going to be over it. And because you're going to be over it, you can't die in the pit. You can't die in prison. And you can't die in Potiphar's house. I feel like God is setting somebody free right now. So I don't know what the word is, but the warfare is over the word. You're not being fought because you don't have a future. You're being fought because of the future that's already been declared over your life. If what God said about you is true, hell has to stay up all night long hatching an idea to destroy you. Because if you ever come into your purpose and recognize your divine design, you will become hell's worst nightmare. And I thought I'd come by to encourage somebody and tell you, hell don't like you or the future you have, but hell can't do one thing to stop you. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God said it, I believe it. If God declared it, I believe it is so. Slap three people right now and tell them, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I, I don't know who needs this, but somebody declare, I still believe the word. I still believe. Oh, Katanda. I know this is going to sound crazy, but if there is a word from the Lord over your life that you let go of, and you stop believing it, but you're putting your faith back on it today. Just reach up by faith and grab it, right? I know that sounds crazy, but just somebody just grab that word. Grab that word. Grab that word, Timothy. Go get that prophecy. Go get that prophecy. I don't know how long ago it was spoken, but I'm going to tell you this. If God said it, it don't matter how long ago it was. The prophecy may get old, but the power is still real, and God will still surely bring it to pass.
Reach over, lay your hand on somebody's shoulder right now. I feel the prophetic thing of God's spirit moving right now. I see people. The prophetic word of the Lord. The prophetic word of the Lord. The prophetic word of the Lord. I break every lie off your heart right now that told you God can't do it. I break every lie off your mind right now that told you it's too late. God's going to help you redeem the time. God's going to help you redeem the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What you started, you will finish. What you said, you will bring it to pass. Nothing is impossible. Come on, pray for your brother and sister right now. Edify them, Lord. Exhort them, God. Comfort them, Lord. Let their spirit be soothed right now. Let their heaviness be alleviated right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let their heaviness be alleviated right now. Some of them were worried about the future until they remembered the promise. Some of them were worried about tomorrow until they remembered the prophecy. That's why we we call back to our remembrance. We call back to our remembrance. Every prophetic word, every prophetic word that was spoken, every prophetic word, Every prophetic word. Some of them need that heaviness to be alleviated. Lift it now. Lift it now. There's some preachers in here that feel like they ran from the call and it's too late. But lift that heaviness now. Restore the call of God. Restore the passion to preach. Restore the fire of ministry. I don't even know who this is for. But somebody's getting their fire room for ministry restored this morning. I need you praying in the Holy Ghost all over the church. Spirit of the living God. Prophetic promises. Prophetic promises. I thank you for it now. I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the people of God in your name, Lord Jesus, that a company of courageous, prophetic people who do not live by accident but live by assignment. Let Let us live by assignment. Let us approach every day as if we're living on an assignment. I pray, God, for the courage to be prophetic people. Intimate enough to hear the word, courageous enough to declare it. And I pray our lives would be almost like an interception of the enemy's plan of destruction. May the word of the Lord be nigh in our mouth. Lord reminded me of that scripture in Proverbs 25. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pray for the interpretation. Pray with me. Lord, speak and interpret today. My God, receive the word of the Lord. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive the word of the Lord. What good would this be today if no activation or deployment is is made? 
So this is how we're going to end this today. I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm going to deploy you. I said, I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm going to deploy you. In Jesus' name, right now, as you leave, I declare every restaurant is holy ground. Every table you're getting ready to sit at is about to become prophetically engaged. Uh-huh. And God is about to use the people of God in this room to bring hope, encouragement, and strength to a whole multitude. I'm getting ready to say something crazy. Religious people who are miserable are getting ready to be messed up in Jesus' name. So be blessed as you leave. I deploy you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost to be a prophetic company in Jesus' name. Go in the peace of God, and we'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. in Athens if you can join us. We love every one of you. Be blessed as you go in God's grace today.